Hey everybody, it's Friday night. We've got a special episode for you. We are going to be talking about buy low candidates and sell high candidates, um, looking at uh, making some trades with your fellow fantasy GMs. Let's get to biz. You're listening to Fantasy NHL today. going on everybody thank you so much again for joining me uh again this is just uh, this is such fun for me to do this and just to know that people are out there listening makes me feel good okay and uh yeah i'm just so happy to do it this is fantasy nhl today i am your host blake creamer please follow me on twitter please it's at blake creamer se This is a Sports Ethos presentation. Thank you, Sports Ethos, for all the help and support. Definitely go check out sportsethos.com. They've got amazing content. Uh, Basketball is in full swing. They've got uh, some NFL content. And this is your NHL content for sportsethos.com. And there's more to come. So get over there, baby. Check it out. Now, let's get into a little bit of injury news. News! 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 Okay. Well, uh, first off, let's just look at some of the players that are that are going to be out. Uh, um, Devin Taves uh, was out tonight. He's out with an undisclosed injury, so just definitely keep an eye on that. Devin. means more playing time for, uh, you know, uh, Makar, Bowen, Byram, Sam Gerrard, uh, the usual suspects. Um, also, Jake Gensel is out with an upper body injury. He's currently being evaluated. It doesn't sound good. So um, guys like uh, Ricky Rax, my favorite player. Um, yeah, he's, he's going to get some more opportunities. So definitely keep an eye on that. Nikolai Ehlers is also out uh, lower body injury, and he's just been put on uh, injured reserve by the Jets. So that's a, that's a tough break. He's a, he's a game-breaking player, and um, yeah, they're going to need all the help they can get over there in Winnipeg. So that's a tough one, uh, but hopefully my man Cole Perfetti Monster-getty. can get in there and get, get to biz. Um, but we'll see what happens. Uh, Dylan Holloway of the Oilers, he's, he's out. Uh, he's injured with an upper body injury. Yeah. Uh, Matthias Samuelson smoked him in their game uh, at Buffalo and Edmonton, so uh, he wasn't able to finish the game. So, I mean, just consider him day-to-day for now until we get another update. And then um, there were a couple games tonight. Um, Philip Grubauer and uh, Peter Mrazek in their respective games, they both weren't able to uh, finish. They both started and they both weren't able to finish. So they left games not to return. So, yeah, fire up your Martin Jones, fire up your who the heck is the backup in Chicago. I don't even know. So um, <laughs> take a look, though. Uh, just keep an eye on those guys and, and set your lineups accordingly, okay? And we did say there were some games uh, Friday night here, so let's just quickly recap. We're not going to go do a deep dive here, but uh, the Lightning and the Panthers played. Uh, Lightning took the game 3-2 in overtime. My man, Braden Point. Beautiful stuff. Uh, he got two goals and the overtime winner. 
Five shots, love that. Steven Stamkos, a goal and an assist, still doing his thing. Four shots, one hit, one block. My goodness, this guy's just a legend. And then Kucherov, two assists as well. Uh, five shots, one hit, one block. Love it. And then, uh, yeah, Sergachev, I just wanted to bring some attention there. He did get an assist. Two shots on goal, two blocks, 23 minutes of ice. It's looking good. Uh, and then lastly, um, Brandon Hagel, he is getting some some uh, deployment on the top line. He only played uh, almost 17 minutes. Uh, zeros across the board, uh, scoring-wise, he did get two hits and a block. So just something to keep an eye on. And then for the Panthers, uh, Matt Kachuk and uh, Rudolph Balsers uh, got the goals there. Um, but it was nice to see uh, Montour was back. Uh, he did get back on the score sheet as well uh, with two assists. Gustav Forsling got an assist as well. So Sam Bennett, uh, honorable mention here. Miles Bennett Dyson. He did get an assist. Five shots on goal, six hits, one block in 20 minutes. Boom. Mr. Bennett. Well done, sir. So that's that game. Uh, Detroit and the Blackhawks played. Um, Blackhawks actually took this game in overtime. Nice work. Uh, I love to see that. Uh, the goalies were Alex Stalock, who I mentioned uh, as the backup for the Blackhawks. He got the win there. Um, came in relief, uh, saved 10 shots. And Alex Nedeljkovic uh, took the loss there for Detroit. Um, overtime winner. Who got it? Other than my man, Max Domi. All right. He's not really my man, but uh, good for that guy. You might see a little bit of resurgence here on the Blackhawks. So I think Dylan Larkin uh, went down in this game too. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. And then lastly, uh, Seattle Kraken and the Colorado Avalanche. The Kraken took the victory 3-2. So uh, that's nice to see as well. Um, you know, not nice to see Grubauer grow, but Jones came in and got the victory. I think he only had one shot against the Pavel Francouz. It's not Suze, all right? It's Susie. My name is Susie. He took the loss there, uh, three goals against on 38 shots. Um, the big guys couldn't really get it going for Colorado. And uh, yeah, um, Seattle took advantage. Uh, it's nice to see. So now they're 2-2-2 two, two, and two on the season. Uh, the Avalanche are 2-2-1. Two, two, and one. So yeah, ni- nice win for the Kraken. Now, let's get into the real biz that we talked about. Um, so in this episode, especially, we want to talk about buy low candidates and sell high candidates when we're looking at trades. Okay. And I do want to speak a little bit on trades just before we get going here. Um, in your leagues, you don't be one of these guys sending these ridiculous trades to people and trying to fleece people. You know what I mean? It, it's not a good look, you know, and it, it's annoying. When, when someone sends you a trade that there, there's no way in the actual hell you will accept that trade, right? And I got lots of guys in, in all kinds of leagues doing that, but be one of the good guys. Be, you know, trades have to be beneficial for both parties, right? So you have to look at those things. Um, so, you know, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit here, but um, when you're trying to identify trade targets, it's really good to, to understand what buy low is and sell high is, Right. Um, you know, and it sounds fairly simple, but when we're talking about buying low, we're looking at someone who's underachieving and that's, it's not sustainable for them to keep underachieving, right? And vice versa with, with, uh, sell highs, right? Like their, their statistics, what's going on for them analytically, like it's not sustainable. So they're going to come back down to earth, right? We have to try our best to identify those players and, 
you know, my thing with my teams is I always try and just chip away, get a little better, get a little better, get a little better, right? And you can do that uh, via trades. You can also, I, I, I comb the waiver wire a little bit, especially like players that people drop, they get, you know, a little bit squirrely and they drop players. I always assess, is that player better than my worst player at that position? If so, Pick them up. Hey, Lloyd, look, there's some people want to ride too. Pick them up. Right? It's common sense. So the same goes for trades. I am going to get into it now. So I've, I've picked three buy low candidates and three sell high candidates. Let's get into it. All right? My first buy low candidate is none other than Roman Yossi. Buddy, Roman Yossi, uh, he has, uh, he's played six games already, only one assist. All right. And uh, obviously you, you spent some good draft capital trying to get Roman Yossi. He was his draft position in Yahoo was t- around 20. Right. So that's pretty high for someone who has one point in six games. Right. But let's dive in a little bit more. Just looking at his points um, compared to what happened last season. Last season, he did have his best statistical season, 96 points in 80 games. He did have 23 goals, 73 assists. Um, it was a great season for Yossi. No question. Um but let's compare what you know what's gone on so far. I do find that very helpful, um, and I try and look for trends that that don't make sense, right? So first off, without even going into advanced stats, um, Yossi is he's not he hasn't scored a goal yet, right? But um, one thing that is good is his shots are up. So last season, you know, over eighty games, his average shots per game was three point five. Right now, he's averaging four shots per game with zero goals so far. So this is the highest shots per game he's ever averaged. Uh, again, it's six games in, right? So, but I'm trying to use this for comparison. So he's shooting more, okay? He's not really hitting. He's not doing a lot of blocking. So his, his perifs are down. He has no power play points, right? Whereas last season, he had 37 power play points, okay? So something's, something's not right here. Now, also, his power play time on ice last year, during his great season was three minutes and 23 seconds this year so far it's five minutes and nine seconds so he's up almost two minutes on the power play yet nothing's going on um his his time on ice is is pretty much the same so you can just see like based on that that he's underachieving I think that's clear right so if you look even deeper than that the predators in general are underachieving in certain areas right um, so if you look at the 2021 Predators, just uh, one thing I really like to look at when I see these players are doing well or they're not doing well is like, what is their shooting percentage, right? And where are they getting these shots from? Are they high danger chances, right? So in 2021, the shot percentage for Nashville Predators overall, they were sixth overall in the entire league, right? Sixth overall. So in shooting percentage, you know, I don't have that number in front of me, but it's six overall. And this year, their shooting percentage, they're 26th in the league. So that's quite a discrepancy from year to year, especially when nothing really has happened that would, would cause that, right? There, there's, you know, the, the, the people on the team are still the same. The coaching staff still the same. So that's too much of a jump. Sixth, 26 in one year. It doesn't make sense, right? I'm not saying that they're going to match the sixth again, uh, six overall, but 
it's going to be higher than this. That means more shots are going to go in, right? So when we look at Yossi in particular, let's look at um, his shots per 60. That's something I like to look at right now. So in all strengths, this isn't just five, five, uh, five on five. This is the whole game, his shots per 60 right now, he's cooking at 9.59, which I think is elite for a defenseman. 9.59. That's a lot of shots per 60. Last season, his amazing season was 8.25. The season before that was 7.17. So he's shooting more per game, right? His individual Corsi for per 60 is 22.78. Last year, his great season, 16.53, right? So he's, 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 He's doing better statistically. Some of his advanced statistics are better. And look at this. His individual scoring chances for per 60 this year, 9.59. That's insane. And last year in his, his banner year, it was half of that, 4.52, right? So he's getting many more scoring chances per 60 per game, right? Um, and even look at his high danger scoring chances. He, 2.4 this year. And last year, his great year, 0.82. So what that tells me is he's doing all the right things. He's just not getting the result. But the, he will, that will come back, right? Right now, he's underachieving massively. That will come back to the mean. That will come back to the center, right? And when it does, he's going to start putting together some amazing performances. A lot of those players on Nashville anyway will be doing that, right? But that's why, to me, Roman Yossi is a buy-low candidate, you know? And he... You know, when I talk about these buy low candidates, uh, you know, I'm saying like, if you have them, you just kind of have to hold on. Right. And, and I believe they will do better. Right. But the buy low candidates are players that I like to target in trades. Right. And to make a trade fair, you can offer a player that is maybe overachieving a little bit. Right. So right now, Yossi was drafted probably around 20 overall in your draft. Right. Can you find a player that's, you know, was drafted a few rounds later, you know, and maybe try and trade him for, for Yossi, who's overachieving, right? Like, can you trade Chris Letang for Roman Yossi? Can you trade, you know, like that's kind of what I'm getting at, right? Um, take a look at your roster, see if anyone's overachieving that you don't feel like they, they can continue that on. And maybe see if you can go pick up Roman Yossi. He'll be fine by the end of the year. That that's a guarantee. Like Yossi will be fine. The Predators Predators will be fine. All right. But um, yeah, take a look at Roman Yossi there. Okay. Next player I want to bring your attention to. I want Tara Vinen. I want Iguadala. All right. Toivo Tara Vinen. Not having a great start so far. I have him on four of my teams. Um. Yeah, one assist in four games. And he, he really hasn't been too involved in the play either. So it, it's not been a good start for Toivo Teravainen. Double T. So let, let's get into it. So looking again, last season, 2021, he had 65 points in 77 games, uh, was plus 22. You know, he, 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 one of his major things, the reason I drafted him in so many leagues is his efficiency on the power play. He had 31 power play points last year. All right, uh, and almost an average of three minutes uh, ice time on the power play per game. Right, so when you look at this season so far, there's been a couple things that have happened with Teravine and that um, you know are maybe causing some of this issue. So he was drafted in on Yahoo around eighty three, eighty three point six. That was his average draft position. Okay, so one thing to think about too when you're 
looking at these players, you draft you drafted these players for their season value. Right. Uh, I, I would say up until around pick 125 or 135, like all the players in that realm, you're drafting them for their value because you think they will be there at the end of the year in value. Right. Um, you know, players that are after that, you know, those are players you can stream in and drop and not feel too bad about it. Right. But Tara Vinen, like you draft him at 86, you think he'll, he'll be a top 100 player for the season. Right. So just because he's had a poor first four games, you know, you don't give up on the person, right? So if someone drops Tara Vinen, you pick him up, all right? Because this guy is is going to be back. That that's there's there's no question to me that Tara Vinen is going to put up similar numbers that he did last year, right? But let's get into it. So Tara Vinen, uh, career shooting percentage numbers. He's around a ten percent career uh, shooter. He he's not a high volume shooter. Um, and he shoots at 10%. So he's, he's more of an assist person. Like we know that his highest goal total ever was 23. So we're not expecting him to blow the doors down there. Right. But shooting 0% after four games, right. That's obviously going to go up. And you look at his shots on goal per game. It's higher now than it's ever been in his career. He's shooting at a 2.8 shots per game pace. Right. So last year it was 2.6 for the entire season. So it's not that much, but he is shooting just as much and a little bit more, right? One area where Tara Vinen has taken a hit is on the power play. It looks like he's been moved to the to power play two and he's quarterbacking power play two. And yeah, there's some different players, uh, different looks on the top line. I wanted to quickly go over that. Um, so Tara Vinen right now is quarterbacking the second unit, as I said, uh, with Kotkaniemi. Oh man, I got to learn how to say that man's name. Um, Seth Jarvis, Paul Stastny on the second power play. Uh, the guy taking his spot on the first power play is Stefan Noson, a fourth liner, right? So, yeah, that that's that's fine. Um, and right now, that's PP one for the Hurricanes. But do you think that that's going to stick? Do you think a player that got thirty one power play points last year is going to toil away on the second power play while this guy Stefan Noson plays on the first? You know that this is kind of just coaches. You know, Brendan Moore's kind of just blending it up a little bit and kind of seeing what's happening, right? But I would bet dollars to donuts, Tara Vinen gets back on the first power play unit pretty darn quick, right? So, and once he gets back there, then his numbers are going to start ballooning up again, right? But let's get into Tara Vinen a little bit further, right? Uh, same kind of things we were looking at. So shots per 60. This season um, is 9.82. Last season was 8.89. So he's he's shooting more per 60, Right? Um, his individual Corsi four is 16.96. Last year it was 14.35. So he's better in that category. His individual scoring uh, chances for per 60, 8.93. Last year, 7.44. He's getting more chances. He's just not burying it, right? And he's off power play one. So those two things, when combined, he starts burying his chances. So that will, just by the law of averages, come back to you know the middle and he's going to get put back on power play one at some point in the year, and he's going to have some success there, and they're going to carry on, right? But right now, he's shooting 0%. If, do you think he's going to keep shooting 0% throughout the whole season? I don't think so, right? So Teravinen will be back. Um, book it, all right? If someone drops Teravinen in your leagues, 
Um, I think he's a must-add. You have to add Tara Vinen. I, I don't know why someone would drop that. It'd be a clown league if someone did that. But, you know, people get impatient, right? It's four games. You drafted him in the top 100. You expect some production, right? And when you're getting one assist in four games, it's not good, right? So keep your eye on the waiver wire. Another thing I, I would definitely advise you to do is set your notifications for your leagues to go right to your cell phone. So when someone drops a player, you get notified, right? That's just a really quick way that when that happens, just open your phone and look at the guy. Is this guy at his position better than my worst guy at that position? And if the answer is yes, pick him up. That, that's just common sense, right? So, but anyways, Tara Vinen. He's good, all right? Let's just agree on that. Uh, my third player for a buy low candidate is Sam the Ham Reinhardt, all right? Um, yeah, he's, uh, he's kind of got really slow at the gate as well. I mean, one assist in five games, um, you know, same thing tonight. Didn't, uh, you know, he, he didn't get any points tonight. He did have a ton of ice time. You know, he played, uh, 22, almost 23 minutes tonight with zero points. He had three shots and a block. That was it. So he's come out the gates ice cold. All right. Um, Sam Reinhardt last season had 82 points in 78 games, 33 goals, 49 assists. Very nice season is his career high. He, he played excellent and uh, pretty much everyone did on the Panthers as we all know. Right. Um, but let's take a look. Um, one thing about Sam Reinhardt, he's not a volume shooter, but he's a very efficient shooter. Check out some of these shooting percentages over his last, uh, three seasons. So in 20, uh, let's see, 2019, he shot, uh, he got 22 goals on 144 shots for 15.3%. The next year in 2020, he had 25 goals on 130 shots for 19.2 shots percentage, a shooting percentage, sorry. And then last year, 33 goals on 186 uh, shots for a 17.7 shooting percentage. All right. His Career average is 14.1 shooting percentage. His three-year average uh, over the last three years is 17.6. That's insanely high, all right? But he's, he's shown that he can do that consistently, right? So right now, his shooting percentage is zero, all right? It's going to get better. It's going to go up. I mean, you know, we, we all know it's going to go up, right? But you look at a player like this, one goal in, or one assist in five games, you're like, what the hell is going on? You'll notice very similar things in this player as the other players. He's shots, shots on goal per game are higher than they've ever been in his career. So last season, he, his great season, 2.4 shots on goal per game. So far this season, he's shooting 2.8 shots on goal per game. All right. So, uh, and another big feature here uh, that I can see something different is last year he had average time on ice on the power play, three minutes and 21 seconds. So far this season, five minutes and 38 seconds, a full two minutes more on the power play with nothing to show for it, right? Sorry, look at his time on ice. 1746 was what he played last season. His time on ice average this season, 2125. That's massive. All right, this guy is going to hit, and he's going to hit hard once, once he starts going, right? Um, I think Sam Reinhardt is a lock. He, he's, you know, in the top line or the second line in Florida, it doesn't matter. He's playing with some amazing players. He's playing on that top power play in Florida. It's going to start clicking, okay? So, again, going into some of the, the, the analytics here, the, 
advanced stats. So his shots per 60 are pretty much the same. Uh, 7.85 this year, 8.05 last year. So that's right in the same area. Um, but you can see his his uh, Corsi 4, uh, individual Corsi 4 per 60 is 17.93. Last season it was 14.07. Okay, Individual scoring chances for per 60, 12.89. Last season, 10.22. All right, And then the seasons before that were in the sixes. So he's getting the chances. High danger scoring chances, uh, 4.48. Last year it was 5.72, so that's down a little bit. But honestly, he, he's, just not, he's just not converting, right? He's, he's not a volume shooter, but he's an efficient shooter. And I think those goals are going to start coming. Florida um, itself, um, I was looking into their numbers, um, and their expected goals for per 60 is seventh in the league at 3.75. That's seventh. That's good for seventh in the league. Their actual goals for per 60, 18th in the league. So something's not adding up, right? They're, they're getting their, the chances they're getting say they should be seventh in the league, but what they're actually getting is 18th, right? And then I looked even further, their shooting percentage as a team is 8.89%. That's comically low. And that's good for 25th out of 32 teams. Florida, this major offensive juggernaut from last season, is 25th in the league in shooting percentage. Do you think that's going to go up? I do. All right? And when it does, the players on Florida that are underachieving currently, like um, Reinhardt, Barkov, you know, those type of players, they're they're going to start, even Verhage, those type of players are going to start getting some points and getting them in bunches, right? I'd even throw Anton Lundell in there. I I mentioned uh, on another podcast, I think he's a hold for sure. Uh, All the players on Florida, they're, they're going to get back to where they were. They have a new coach in there. He has a different system, but they're still the same players, right? Um, So, Sam Reinhardt, buy low. See, see what you can do. I mean, he was a 65. He, his ADP in Yahoo was 65. See if you can get someone up a couple rounds. Can you get, like, a Tarasenko for him? Can you get, you know, I'm just trying to think. I'm just looking at Yahoo here. But, um, you know, there there are some, some real options out there that you can look at. Can, like, can you get... Well, I would say Gensel, but he was just injured. But, you know, even a player like Patrick Kane, who's underachieving as well. Can you get, can you get a Timo Meyer? even? He's underachieving. I don't know. Take a look, right? Um, but, but that's what I mean by buy low. That should help you with your trades. All right, and, and, I, and here's another one just, just for fun. Uh, Austin Matthews is the ultimate buy low right now. What is this man doing? I've got him in two leagues as well. It is shit, Austin. Oh, good. Then it's not just me. He's, uh, you know, he's going to break out um, very quickly. Um, He's blasting the same amount of shots, like um, just right off the top. His shooting percentage over the last, look at these numbers, last three seasons, 16.2%, 18.5%, 17.2% last season. And this season he's shooting a whopping 4.2%, right? All, all, everything else looks the same. He's got the same shots on goal. He's hitting more. You know, this guy's going to blast off, right? He's playing a ton of time on the power play. His minutes are up somehow. I I don't even know how that's possible, but he's he's averaging 22 minutes on ice. Matthews is going to blow up, all right? So take a look in your leagues to see who has Austin Matthews and see if if they're they're getting squirrely. See if they want to trade him, right? 
maybe, you know, could you get him, could you get Austin Matthews? Like, he was drafted second overall. Could you trade, you know, Kucherov for Matthews? Could you trade Ovechkin for Matthews? I don't know. Could you trade Matthew Kachuk for Matthews? I don't know. That would be amazing. I mean, those are all just locks. Could you trade Steven Stamkos for Matthews? Someone might do that, you know? Stamkos is lighting the world on fire right now, and, and Matthews is just dinking around with his three points or whatever, right? But he's going to blast off, okay? We know that's coming. He's only, it's only five games into the season. But again, another big buy low, Austin Matthews. Check and see who has him in the league and just start making trade offers. See what sticks, okay? That's it for the buy lows. Now, let's get into uh, some sell highs, right? And when I say sell highs, you know, it doesn't mean you have to do something with these players, right? You, it's, it's, I'm just saying that I don't think that these numbers that they have right now are going to be sustainable, and I'll try and explain why. But, you know, if you have these players, it doesn't mean you have to do anything with them. Just enjoy the production, right? And, and who knows? Like, I'm just analyzing this stuff, but, you know, this could be who they are, and they could, you know, deliver this kind of value to you for the rest of the season. So, you know... Take, take this with a grain of salt, right? But I've got, here's three players that I've got for, for uh, sell-high candidates. The first one is Andrei Svechnikov. And uh, this is a tough one for me because I actually love Svech. He's a great player. The guy's only 22. It feels like he's been playing the league forever. Um, and he's a beast. But he, he's off to an amazing start. So eight points in his last four games, right? He's got six goals, two assists. Uh, you know, he's just kicking ass. Um, but again, the, sh- the, the shooting percentage is what's really, uh, that, that's, that's where I kind of see like that isn't, this is not sustainable. So last year, great season for him, um, 78 games played, 69 points, giggity. Um, you know, he had a 12% shooting, shooting percentage, right? 12%. This year, he's shooting 33.3%. That's, I got a bowl of chocolate pudding in my underpants. We didn't have any pudding in there, buddy. You know, it's only four games in, but damn, that, that's going to come down. He's, that's not sustainable, right? And, and what I've known from Svechnikov, too, just from owning him in a couple leagues, he's streaky, right? Um, so shooting, he's come out of the gates hot. That's excellent, 33.3%. Love it. Shots on goal per game is way up at 4.5. Love that. You know, he's good at peripherals. He hits. So he's a great player. I'm not saying get rid of Sveshnikov, but I don't think this is sustainable. And I'll tell you why. Um, Sveshnikov's role on this team, to me, still seems somewhat in flux with Rod Brindamore. Um, You know, right now he's getting first-line power play deployment, which is great. Uh, I think he should. I always thought he should, but Brindamore seems to think otherwise. He's been kind of kicking him on and off there. Also, um, one thing that Brindamore does is he really doesn't ride his top guys as much as some of the other teams, like these guys like Matthews that are getting 22 minutes on ice. Sveshnikov's not getting that kind of deployment, right? His average time on ice has been pretty consistent over the last three seasons at 17 minutes, in between 17 and 18 minutes, right? And that those are good numbers, but, you know, I, I think that with that kind of deployment and you know, his shooting percentage being as high as it is, it's not sustainable, right? It's going to go down. He's going to go into a slump. And uh, I just don't, I don't see how he carries this on, right? So to me, Svechnikov is one of those players. If I have him, I might be looking to trade up. 
So to look at, look at your draft, look up a couple rounds, right? So where was Sveshnikov drafted? Um, I think it was 37. Yeah, 37. So can you, can <laughs> kind of similar to what we talked about before, like if you've got Sveshnikov that you drafted at 37, can you trade up? Can you pick up someone like Kyle Connor? Can you pick up someone like JT Miller, right? Who is, who is a pretty popular guy. Can you pick up guys that are underachieving maybe in the top? What about, what about like Jonathan Huberto? You know, he's not exactly underachieving, but would someone do that? Four assists uh, uh, Huberto has, you know? <laughs> Sveshnikov for Huberto. That, that, would you think about that? Because, yeah, just maybe someone just really likes Sveshnikov as well. So, actually, another underachiever. I, I like Sveshnikov for Barkov. I'd do that in a second. Because Barkov, um, yeah, he, he's, what has he got so far? Four assists in five games. And he is injury prone, um, Barkov, but man, I would do that in a second. And then, you know, the numbers just look good, right? Like Sveshnikov, he's got eight points in four games. See what you can do. Um, but that's my thoughts on Sveshnikov. I'm not saying get rid of him. I love Sveshnikov. He's a great player and I, and I, I, I like the Canes as well. So, you know, I hope he stays on the top power play and just starts and just keeps killing it. Give him some more minutes. You know, if he starts getting more minutes on ice, then, then I'm, you know, I'm definitely taking that back. And, and that said, his last game where he got a hat trick, um, he played, he played 20 minutes on ice. So, you know, what the hell do I know? But if, keep an eye on that, right? If he's, if, if he's getting 20 minutes on ice on a regular basis, then, you know, just enjoy having Sveshnikov on your team, right? Let's move on. Next player, I think, is a sell-high Mason Marchment of the Dallas Stars. This guy's looking very good, right? And, you know, if you drafted him or picked him up on the waiver wire... That's just value right there. That's just amazing value because you probably got him really late in your drafts or you got him on the waiver wire for nothing, right? So um, he's got uh, six points in four games, three goals, three assists. Um, yeah, two, two power play points. He's, he's doing well. He's having a great start to his season, and I, um, I like the player a lot. But do I think he's going to have 123-point pace over 82 games? Hell no, all right? So let's, and he has a smaller sample size, which we can look at, right? So he's got, he, he started out in Toronto. We're not going to count that one, but he had two seasons in Florida, um, 2020 and 2021. So let, let's just, let's look at his 2021 season where he broke out. He had 47 points in 54 games. That was a 71 point pace, um, which is very good. Um, yeah, very good season that he had. He was plus 29. He was a beauty. But look at his sh- his shooting percentage again, 14.9%. Okay, with uh, 2.2 shots on goal per game. This season, he's shooting at 27.3% with 2.8 shots per game, right? So he's shooting more and he's con- he's converting a lot more, right? And he's also getting power play time with the Dallas Stars where he didn't get very much power play time with, with the Panthers, right? So those are some things that are going in Mason Marshman's favor. One thing that really isn't in his favor is the amount of ice time that he's getting. Uh, he, so the power play time he is getting is on power play two in Dallas, right? So, you know, he's still with Sagan there. He's playing with Sagan on the second line as well. They have some nice chemistry, obviously. They're playing well, but he's still on the second power play, so he's not going to get as much time on ice doing that. 
his his just time on ice average just in general is 15 minutes and 54 seconds which i don't know that that's second third line minutes to me so and I don't see if that doesn't go up on a regular basis. I don't see how he's going to maintain this level of production, right? Um, you know, there, there's lots like I'm again. I'm not saying Mason Marshman is not this player or is not um, going to have a great year this year, right? He's he's come out strong with his new team. I love to see it. I really do, but I don't think this is sustainable. I think that Mason Marshman is is going to fizzle a little bit. Um, Dallas has come out very strong too, right? New coach, you know, they're all jacked up. But but after the first 10 games, when things start to settle in, let's see what we have here. Let's look at uh, some of his advanced uh, statistics on Mason Marshman. So uh, shots per 60 this season, 10.38. Last season, 9.53. So he's shooting more. His shooting percentage, as we said, is is almost doubled. Um, but his individual scoring chances for per 60, 15.1 this year, 10.16 last year. Um, but his high danger scoring chances are a little bit lower per 60. He's only got 4.72 this season as opposed to 5.43 last season. So the numbers look good for Mason Marshman. I'm not going to lie about that. You know, he's a little low on the shots per 60, you know, I guess getting in the 10, 10 to 14 range. We like to see that or 10 and higher basically. But I just don't think he's going to get the deployment that he needs, right? And he's 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 still only four years into into this league. I don't know. I, I I'm not sold, right? So what I would do if I had Mason Marshman, I'd start trying to trade up, as I said, right? Who can you get for Mason Marshman? Right? You got a, a player that has six points in four games. You know, can can you get can you get some of these other players that we talked about? Can you get it to uh, Tara Vinen? Can you trade Mason Marshman for Tara Vinen? I want to see that. Because I would do that like, bang, like now. Like I couldn't press accept hard enough, right? So definitely just look for those opportunities. That's the type of stuff I wanted to talk to you about, okay? Um, We do have one more. I just wanted to talk about Drake Batherson of the Ottawa Senators. Um, He's uh, having a great season so far. Four games played, three goals, three assists for six points. Um, He's averaging 19 minutes on ice. Three of those on the power play, nine shots, nine hits. Great start. Great start for him. Um, he's playing top line with uh, Brady Kachuk and Tim Stutzla. Timmy Stutz. Um, yeah. So Batherson, to me, um, it's not so much the statistics that that I'm wary of with him. To be honest, I'm surprised he's he's playing this season. I, I uh, just with everything that's gone on with Hockey Canada, and I'm not going to go go into that. Uh, in particular, but um, some of his numbers, let's take a look. So right now he's, he's at 123 point pace. I think we all know that's not going to continue. Last season he had uh, 44 points in 46 games and that was the best season that he had had, right? So let's see what he did. Um, his career average shooting percentage is 15.4%. Right now he is shooting 33.3%. Okay, something's got to give, you can't, uh, I mean, if you shoot 33% for the season, like, congrats to you. You're, you're Burray times Austin Matthews, all right? And that equals Barathews, all right? Pavel Barathews, that amazing player from Phoenix with the dirty stash. Okay, I don't know where I'm going with this, uh, but let's carry on, right? So his shots on game per, uh, shots on goal per game, right around his mark last year. He's 2.3 this year. He was 2.4 last year. Um, everything else is the same. 
right? He's getting the same amount of power play time, same amount of time on ice. Um, but my big concern with Batheson, besides the shooting percentage, is that he's going to get shut down for the year. Um, again, um, Batherson is, is, is one of the only players from that team, that uh, Team Canada, that, that hasn't really come out and made a statement saying I wasn't involved, right? So, uh, you know, and I don't know anything other than that. So um, I definitely want to be clear about that. But just the fact that it's a potential for Batherson to not play for points of this year, I see him getting out of the gate really hot, like six points in, in four games, and he looks good. He's a great player. See if you can flip him. Flip Jake Bath, uh, Drake Batherson and see, see, see what's out there. Look again for these underachievers, right? Could you get, could you get Tara Vinen for, for Batherson? Um, I'd probably do that. I would definitely do that. Um, can you get Sam Reinhardt for Batherson? I would do that. That that's a no brainer to me. I mean, even without this stuff going on, right? Um, so I do like Drake Batheson as a player. I, I think you know if he plays a full season, he could you know match what he did last year most likely. You know, seventy to eighty points, I think. But just the fact that it's in question to me kind of makes me want to steer away, right? And he's come out uh, firing. He come out looking good. I think that's a time maybe you can just flip them and just cut your losses, you know, and just pick up someone who's going to, you know, who you have a bit more uh, good feeling about um, being around the whole season consistently, right? So that is it. That's just a a quick little podcast I wanted to give to you. Actually, it's not that quick. I'm coming up on 40 minutes. My goodness. Oh, I'm yammering on, but, uh, but that's fine. I just, I love this stuff and I'm going to keep trying to find these players for you, um, to target. Right. And, and we'll reassess these, right. I I want to be accountable for these buy lows and sell highs. So we'll come back and we'll look at, um, some of those numbers as well and, and just see, you know, in a week or two weeks and, and just see how everyone's doing. Right. Um, before we go, I do want to talk about the top ads and the top drops. Okay. Okay, let's talk about the top ads first, okay? And again, this is Yahoo. So uh, Friday night, top ads, Dominic Kubalik. That's your top ad. Um, yeah, it, it makes sense, especially if Larkin is down as well. But, um, you know, Tyler Bertuzzi has been injured. So Kubalik is, is spending time on that top line, and he's getting top power play as well. And he did have a good game tonight. He had a goal and an assist, four shots on goal and a hit. He looks good. He looks very good, and we've seen him. Uh, he's, he's an offensive player, obviously. He has been in the past, so yeah, I like that pickup. Um, Nick Robertson, uh, Nicholas Robertson, uh, definitely people rushing out to get him after his two-goal performance against Dallas. Um, just keep in mind, that was in 14 minutes, uh, 14 and a half minutes. He did have four shots on goals, three hits. Um, he could get some good deployment there. He had an amazing preseason. We all know that, and we all like to overreact to this type of sh- stuff. But uh, I'm waiting on Nick Robertson. I, I know, you know, some people are trying to just get, you know, be the first ones there. But, you know, remember Dylan Holloway had a hat trick in the preseason as well and, and started out very well. So, um, you know, there are guys that played well in the preseason. It doesn't necessarily equal, you know, regular season success. So I'm happy for Robertson, uh, especially to be able to do that against his brother's team. That's sick. But uh, yeah, he's your second ad. Uh, Comrie, uh, the goalie for Buffalo, is uh, your third ad there. Makes total sense. I picked him up in, in one league that I could. Um, yeah, he had two big wins 
you know, against Edmonton and Calgary, a 4-2 and a 6-3 win with tons of shots on net. So he looks good. He looks very good. He's only 17% rostered. So I think a lot of people still expected Buffalo to be this kind of garbage team this year. And they look actually legit. They, they you know, um, Rasmus Dahlin has come out just like a bat out of hell. The guy looks crazy. Um, you know, and then Tage Thompson with his new contract. And you got offensive guys like Skinner and power play guys like Olofsson. Team looks good. I don't know. They're, they're an upstart team. And Eric Comrie, I think... They started Craig Anderson in the first game of the season. I tend to think that might have been just kind of a respect thing. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that the the players on Buffalo really just like Anderson and, and thought that would be a good thing to do. But I do believe that Eric Comrie is going to be the the goalie to own in Buffalo moving forward. And we'll see. They, they play against Vancouver tomorrow night, so we'll see who they start there. Um, but I, if they start Comrie, that's a really, really good sign for Comrie. And he's, he's playing out of his mind at the moment. So yep, pick him up for sure. Um, the next one was, uh, Adam Larson of Seattle. I'm sure people were picking him up because of his, uh, the awesome schedule and the, and the peripherals that he brings. So yep, uh, I like that. I picked him up in one league too. Of course, uh, tonight he literally did nothing. He had one hit and one block. Thanks for nothing, buddy. Adam Larson, go jump in a lake. All right, just kidding. Actually, he's a he's a he's a beast. Uh, I, I would never say that to his face. He's a frightening man. Okay, and then uh, Travis Konechny was picked up as well. Uh, makes total sense again. Philly had the great schedule. Konechny is killing it so far. Uh, talk about another sell high guy. Actually, <laughs> go flip Travis Konechny. The Flyers will not do this stuff all season. Okay, but he's he's having a great start. Four goals, two assists. The pickup makes sense, especially for this week. Then uh, kind of check where you're at next week, all right? Let's look at the drops, the drippy drops, all right? The first, the, the most dropped guy in the league, Kuzmenko. I must break you. Andre Kuzmenko, my goodness. Yeah, to me, I'm not sure about this one. Like, he, I, I've watched the games, the Canucks games. He, he's playing well. The team is playing like shit. So if you... I mean, his ice time looks good. He's still on power play one. You know, he's working out the kinks, right? But the whole team is. So Kuzmenko, I think that's a little bit premature. I would hold on Kuzmenko because um, I think, you know, there's there's enough probably Canadian guys that you're playing with that would be like, oh, you know, Kuzmenko, yeah, I'll pick him up just as a, a flyer, right? So, and I think Kuzmenko does have the potential to pop off here. Once the Canucks get out of this funk they're in, Kuzmenko's going to be a part of that, right? And I do think his minutes have a chance of going up as well. It's just the whole team's been playing like crap, all right? So, Kuzmenko, I don't really agree with that. Hold Kuzmenko, my two cents. Next guy up, Blake Wheeler. My name's Blake. Are you out of your goddamn mind? He's being dropped. And I don't agree with that either. What are we doing here? I mean, yeah, he hasn't had a great start to the season. Two assists uh, in four games. That's fine. But uh, Ehlers is out now. So Blake Wheeler is most likely going to get some power play one time again. He's going to get bumped up there. So what are we doing? Why are you dropping Blake Wheeler? Maybe the only thing I could think of is Winnipeg had such a uh, crappy schedule this week. So, you know, people were just dropping Wheeler and not really caring about it. And that's, that's fine, I guess. But... I don't know if you dropped him, like look at Winnipeg's schedule next week and pick him back up because I think he's going to get some good deployment. Right. And he, you know, you're looking at assists and power play assists and some hits too. Uh, next player drop Noah Hannafin. 
I guess uh, because of the injury, he is practicing though. So, but he sat out uh, Thursday's game there. Um, yeah, no Hannafin. I, I don't have anything really to say about it. Um, Connor Clifton. Oh, 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 Miss Clifton, Miss Clifton, over here. Oh, 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 Miss Clifton, Miss Clifton, Miss Clifton, Miss Clifton was dropped as well. It's funny he was added in thirteen uh, thirteen sixty eight uh, ads and eleven ninety one drops. So people are undecided on Connor Clifton. I don't know. You're picking him up basically for, you know, he has four, four points in five games. Um, you're picking him up for his defenseman perifs, right? He's not going to really be an offensive juggernaut moving forward, but he's going to get you some hits. He's going to get you some blocks and maybe some shots too. So, well, whatever. I don't know. I got no, I got no feeling on Connor Clifton. And then another one, uh, last one here is Gabe Velarde. He's being dropped in leagues. What the hell are we doing here? Um, people are just all over the map on Velarde. So his ads were seventeen eighty four, and his his drops were eleven twenty nine. Good for fifth uh, fifth most drops. Uh, and I'm not sure I agree with that. This this you know it, he's probably better than the worst guy on your roster, Gabe Velarde. He's had a great start to the season. He's getting decent deployment. You know, seven points in six games. Yeah pretty good and he's getting some power play time so what are we doing here Gabe Velarde get him back in your life do not drop Gabe Velarde all right Gabe Velarde's the man all right sweet name to Gabe Velarde all right but that's it and that's your top drops uh and so ads and drops and my two cents on those so that's it. That's our buy low sell high episode. We are going into weekend a uh, big bunch of games here so I'm going to do a Sunday episode as well, which is going to be just a bit of a recap of the weekend and your streaming uh, strategies for week three. Okay, so definitely tune in on Sunday. We're going to get that episode out to you so you can set your lineups and make sure you got what you need. Okay. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Again, um, please follow me on Twitter, Blake Creamer uh, SE. Um, I wanted to uh, shout out my brother too. My brother made the music for the show. You can check him out. Uh, it's Matt Creamer. He's Norin underscore Rad twenty two on Twitter. He uh, he makes. He's a professional musician. Makes uh, uh, music for a lot of like iOS games and and different kind of video games and stuff. Very talented guy. Check him out. And uh, yeah, we'll be back on Sunday. Thank you so much. If you have any opinions whatsoever on these guys, please feel free to drop me uh, drop me a line on Twitter. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear what your buy lows and sell highs are, all right? So thanks very much for stopping by, everybody. Celebrate your day. Bye for now. A rational explanation is hardly necessary. necessary.